0: bless you, everybody. We just want to welcome you here this evening. Happy to be here. Amen. One more time to serve the Lord and to praise the Lord and to hear his word. Praise God. Let's start with the verse, first verse. There's a country far beyond the dark sky. Oh,
1: there's a city where
0: having himself a real jubilee this evening. Amen. He's gone to that city where the Lamb is the light. Hallelujah. Let sunlight, let twilight bring its gloom. Amen. We have a promise. We have an, we have a, just an assurance from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing that last verse together one more time. Then let sunlight fade, let twilight bring its gloom. Yeah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We invite you tonight, O oh God. Oh, come in our midst, Lord, in a supernatural way tonight, Father. Sweep across our souls this evening, Lord. Draw us higher, Lord, closer to thee, oh God your way tonight lord thank you for your strong arm lord your everlasting arm lord we can lean on it lord oh we rely on you lord jesus we rely on you father hallelujah brother david Adam Moore, it's really good to see you here tonight i'd like to invite you to come and lead us in prayer amen god bless you come on right Hallelujah. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful, Lord, to be in your house once again, Lord. Father, in the land of the living. Father, we're grateful, Lord Jesus, for each person that's here. And, Lord, we don't take it for granted, Lord, and you've given us another opportunity that, Lord, we can press into your kingdom once more, Father. We ask, Lord Jesus, that as you've shown us grace and shown us mercy, Lord, you would not only, Father, bring the word, but you would anoint us to hear, to understand. Father, anoint our faith, O God, to take a hold of the promises. For, Lord Jesus, you said, Lord, the violent take it by forth, Lord. And we ask, in Lord Jesus, that tonight... We will lay everything aside, Lord, and we will be able to press in with all that we are. Father, for you have a word for us, Lord. You have a purpose for us, Lord Jesus, and we don't want to miss it, Father. Not in enthusiasm, Lord, but just to anchor down, Lord God, to to know that your word would never fail, Lord. So, Father, we come humbly tonight, Lord Jesus, according to your word, Lord. And you've promised that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be there in the midst. And, Lord, we can see ourselves fulfilling the word. And we're asking, Lord Jesus, that you would fulfill your part, Lord, to break the bread of life. For you said where the carcass is, Lord, the eagles will be gathered. Father, tonight we're remembering and rejoicing, grateful, thinking of Brother Frank, Lord, and what you've expressed through that life, Father. Lord, in simplicity, but stead- steady, Lord, and steadfast, Father. So we want to thank you for Brother Frank tonight. And Lord, just taking courage once more, Lord, that we who are on this side, Lord, Father, would not lose hope, would not lose faith, Lord, but our vision would be clear. And Lord, in that clarity, Lord, our feet spiritually, Lord, would be able to walk even as you've ordained us to walk, Lord. So let everyone take hope tonight, Lord, just even hearing the witness of your word, Father, in Brother EBA's lips. Father, just praying, Lord, as. As much as, Lord, it might not feel like anything or look like anything. But, Lord, you have the creative word that you've placed within our hearts. As we believe it, Lord, and we declare it, it must come to pass, Lord. So we ask, Lord Jesus, once more that we would step aside the minister who would come. Help him, Lord, to step out of the way. He's prepared the notes, to which he must do. He's laid aside, Lord, and stay in focus, Lord. But would you step Father, once more behind the veil, Lord, speak with mortal lips, anoint the atmosphere, Father, and help us, Lord God, to receive all that you prepared for us. Just thinking of the scripture, Lord, Psalm 119 and 5, it says, oh, that my ways be directed to keep your statutes, Lord. We can't do it ourselves, Father, but you guide us every step of the way. So once more, Lord Jesus, come, take the bread of life. Break it to us, Lord, that we once more can rejoice, testifying of your goodness, Father. Bless the song service, the musicians, Lord, and each person that's gathered here that made the effort. Would you bless them, Father? Each need, we hold it up before you, Lord, that you, Father, would meet the need. The comfort that we have is that you're with us. And Father, we pray that you give us strength, Lord, to stay with you. As Brother Tim said many times, Lord, or many months ago, Lord, help us be good followers. And that's what we ask for, Lord. Once again, Father, not in enthusiasm, but let our faith, Lord, be released to you. That, Lord, each one would rejoice in your presence, Father, in the liberty that you've given to us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.
0: Bless you. Have your seats this evening. Amen. I'm gonna try to sing that song tonight. Yet not I. I just can't get away from it. I just uh, really, really love the lyrics and the song, that melody and that song. You all help me. I'm pretty sure I know the right the right melody, but uh, <clears throat> Amen.
1: Only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to Him. Oh, how great and divine! I can sing
3: all is mine, yet not I, but through
1: Christ in me. The night is dark, but I. By my side, the Savior He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need His power.
0: It's all You, Lord. It's all You, Lord. And we are everything in You, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship You, Father. We bless Your holy name, O God. Oh, wonderful Lord, wonderful Savior, wonderful Redeemer. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We magnify You, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise his name, praise his holy name. Let's sing that song, Majesty. Worship his majesty. her this evening. Majesty
4: That's why we've come here. I hope that's how you've come here. Or why, I should say, to magnify him. Not you, not I, not anything on this earth. But Jesus, our king. Amen. My king. I love to tell him, Lord, you're my God. You're my savior. You're my Lord. You're my Jesus. You're my redeemer. You're my Rose of Sharon. He's mine. You say that. You put him on and not to somebody's, but you're my lily of the valley. Amen. You're, you're, you're my everything. You're my all in all. I tell him that. Oh, he must love it. He must love to hear it. Amen. I love him because he first
5: loved me as the songwriter penned down. Good evening. God bless you. Can't get Brother Frank off my mind. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. Soldier of soldiers. Veteran of veterans. Multiple layers of veterans. But my goodness, I just knelt down when I heard that he'd passed away and I just knelt down and prayed. I said, you know, Lord, we're going to miss him, but I know he has no desire to come back here. No, none at all. So I had to hold back my envy (laughs) because I'm not supposed to do that. Boy, I was sure it was my goodness. I'm sure everybody here said, "Lord, I, I, I'd be there in a heartbeat." Amen.
4: That's what we're here for, and so we get there. Amen. Amen. Just a little note here, just before we turn to the word. Just in camp, I know
5: we're registration. We're looking for that pretty quickly, if you can. But just a note that uh, the age limit actually is
4: 24. I know at winter camp we had adjusted that just because of COVID and some missed camps. So just so everybody knows, 24 is the, is the age there for campers. We just bumped it up a little bit.
5: Amen. You know what? Let's just sing better, uh, Ben, just before we turn to the scriptures. Let's just sing, welcome, welcome, Holy Ghost who welcome thee. Oh, and welcome, welcome, welcome. tonight as Lord my ear caught brother Roy singing I welcome thee and Lord that's our heart Lord we are personalized Lord I I welcome you tonight Lord if you were not present tonight this whole service would be just in vain it'd be pointless time but Lord we don't want that Lord we want you to be so present so near so personal So, Lord, we invite you, as Brother Nathan mentioned, or Brother David, Lord, in prayer, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. And so, Lord, here we are gathered in your name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we know by your scripture, which is truth, that you are now here in our midst. And so, Lord, would you take control to service now, speaker and hearer, Into your hands we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn in our scripture. We're going to turn right to the very beginning book of the Bible, Genesis. I haven't said it. I haven't had an opportunity to say anything, but uh, I know we had incredible meetings over these last several weeks. And uh, many different ones were a big part of the meetings. I know we didn't really mention any names and all of that, but I am going to do that just tonight. I want to thank Sister Karen. My, you helped me so much, Sister Karen. God bless you. I mix. I go back and forth because I say Auntie Karen a lot because we go way back when I was nothing. So, but uh, without... Without any Karen, it, it, it wouldn't have happened, I can tell you that. She just did so much. I just want to thank you for all you did in your labors and what a team that was behind you there. So, my, we are just reveling in those, in these services, aren't we? I sure have been. And here we go. Here we go.
4: Well, Genesis 5. We're going to turn to verse 19. Lord help me tonight, I just, uh, my. I pray it, I pray the Lord brings it all together. <laughs> Might feel like 18 different services all in one. <laughs> so the Lord will bring it all into one thought. <laughs> My goodness. Well, here we are. So let's just turn the scriptures and Genesis 5.19 says, And Enoch lived sixty five sixty and 5 years and begat Methuselah. 21, 22. Sorry, you were behind me there, huh? <laughs> Verse 22, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Mm. Let's turn to Hebrews 11, verse 5. Amen, brother EBA amen you just shout out that confession every moment you desire that scripture or that when brother Branham spoke of john ryan and he and he's talked about that testimony that just burned something in my heart i
5: thought my what a what a glorious testimony john ryan had he just shouted it out there in the service and my i'm living it i'm living the message right now i love it and we're going to live the other part (laughs) As he leapt out of the barber chair. Hebrews eleven
4: five six By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. My Lord give me that testimony. But without faith, the verse continues, verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must first must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him.
5: Amen. Amen. You may have your seats tonight. God bless you.
4: I'm going to just... Going to take a little thought tonight. I, I told the brothers up in the video room. They asked for a title, and I, I said I really struggle with the title tonight. But and it might not even I might not even get to where the title in my in my heart is. But uh, I'm going to speak title tonight naturally, supernatural, naturally supernatural. If I get there, wonderful. If not, well, <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> Brother Brandon says in the unveiling of God, right at the very beginning, in one of the very beginning uh, quotes or. Um, Right at the beginning of the service, near, he says, we're here for one purpose. He said, and that's a closer walk with God. That's all we can do is to believe the Lord. Jesus is with us. And we're here to, to walk closer with him. Amen. That's it. That's the whole purpose. Lord. I want to walk closer with you tonight, and I pray tonight, if we leave the service, that your walk with him will just be that much closer as we gather together and just speak a little bit of his his word. But the scripture says, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, and the verse 24 says, he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And so I was just thinking about walking, you know, walking, it's it's actually quite an underrated event or action, you know, it's, it's even in our natural realm, it's... You wouldn't believe the the benefits of walking. In fact, after studying, I thought maybe I should start it. <laughs> maybe you all too. <laughs> you know, walking, it, it improves. You know, we think that we've got to do something crazy and, and, extent, and extensive and really active, you know. But walking actually improves fitness and your cardiac health, alleviates depression, fatigue, improves mood, creates less stress on joints, reduces pain, prevents weight gain. Think about it. Reduce risk of cancer and chronic disease, improve endurance, circulation, posture. The list just goes on, just walking. So I'm I'm just right now. All of that's happening. It's incredible to think that in just a little bit of a walk, you know, something can happen. And when comparing the results, actually, of the most recent National Runners Health Study with the National Walkers Health Study, so apparently these two groups got together and compared notes, they found that the energy used for moderate intensity walking, so what I just did is not considered moderate intensity, so, you know, you got to maybe do a little bit extra than what I just achieved, maybe put some little weights on your feet or something like that, but moderate intensity walking and vigorous intensity running resulted actually in similar reductions of risk of high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Diabetes, heart disease, over the six-year period of study. So I'll see you around the block here in the next few days. (laughs) Just walking. Think about it. I need a bit of Raymond Butler up here. Stanford University actually did a study, and they found that walking increased creative output by an average of 60%. So if you're lacking creativity in your life, start walking. (laughs) Stanford, these guys are no small potatoes, huh? One study found that just 12 minutes of walking resulted in increase of joviality, vigor, attentiveness, and self-confidence Confidence versus the same time spent sitting. <laughs> no duh. Indeed. Walking in nature, actually, specifically was found to reduce ruminating over negative experiences. You had problems with negative experiences? Ruminating, that's quite the word. You can just turn me down a little bit up here, better, better, uh Matthew. Ruminating, that means dwelling, kind of just boiling in your negative uh, thoughts. You ruminate. (laughs) Just go walk in nature for 12 minutes. It's all gone. Actually, that was the other fact. Scrap the 12 minutes. Maybe longer in nature than you need there. And increases activity in the brain associated with negative emotions and raises... Activity which uh associated with negative emotions and raise, raises risk of depression. So go walk in nature. And psychologists found out that ten minute walk may just be as good as a forty-five minute workout when it comes to relieving symptoms of anxiety. Walking. Hmm. Incredible, huh? Just a simple act. And so when you read scripture, I know we got a spiritual and natural here. But so if you just think, well, Enoch walked with God. Well, if it has that impact just naturally, look at all those benefits in walking. Enoch walked with God. This was not a tiny, frivolous affair. You know, we think that we need to do some really heavy-duty things to, to uh, increase our, maybe our activity and our, our exercise, and etc. But sometimes it's just a simple, slow, and steady walking wins the race. You know? My, we can get those. There's these people that do these high impact. They call it hit. Hit high intensity interval training. Man, I'm going to go hit it hard. And so they got it. They got the burpees, the planks, the chair dips, the sit-ups, the the jump squats, the push-ups, all of that. They're going hard. You know, I find it's like New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to hit it. No pun intended. (laughs) But it just kind of lasts for only so long. Generally... Generally. Hey, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I've done the, the heavy duty ones. It only goes for like seven, eight weeks or so. And you're like, yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> it worked for a little while, but it's shortly, it's short, short lived, you know, even though it has some great benefits, you're like, you know, you feel it, but man, it's just, it's high. It just takes too much. But sometimes it's just actually the walking. It's the every day. It's, it's not this, you know, high impact. I'm going to just hit it out there and nail it. I'm going to do the 100 push-ups. You don't do it, actually, after a little while. God just wanting to actually just walk with me. And Enoch walked with God. Amen.
5: That's really the bird of my heart tonight, is, Lord, that we would walk with him.
4: And as Hebrews says he was pleasing you know walking often you can actually depict you know they say actually that by someone's walk you can actually depict maybe a little bit of their personality yeah, think about that so they, they, they've actually analyzed this. Now don't go, this isn't Stanford, so this is way lower on the, I think on the study scale. But they're, they're saying fast walkers, you know, they're outgoing, conscientious and slow walkers. are cautious, looking out for themselves. They, they, they analyze, even by the way you walk, you actually can tell. They say, well, I think we can tell a little bit about this person. But in the scripture, many times it says, and so-and-so walked in the ways of his father. So-and-so walked in the ways of this and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so-and-so walked in the statutes of the heathen. So-and-so walked in all the sins of his father. Many times. And so walking here is, is very much connected with really your life. And how you live your life. And what you do in your life. And how you act in your life. It's how do you walk. Amen? And so it's who you are actually. And how you walk. And if the books are written, I would wonder... Wonder, cause they, you can look on the Chronicles and Kings and that's what they say. You know, King Asa walked in the ways of this and King So-and-so of Judah walked in the ways of that. So often it's and did evil in the sight of the Lord and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it's a rarity. And I searched through to try and find, well, who didn't? Who actually walked in the ways of the Lord and did right in the sight of God? So Lord, help us. And if I put down, I said, well, what if we put, put ourselves and, and 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 put our uh, put our names in the chronicles, so as the Bible would say, and so and so. And I wouldn't even put a name there, but I wonder if we could say, Lord, surely I, how many are and so and so walked with his job, and not in the ways of the Lord, and so and so walked and, and walked with their social media account. It's where we are today, right? Back then, you know, this is what it is in the scriptures. And you say, my goodness, why didn't he just walk, walk in the ways of God? Why didn't he just keep the statutes of of, of the word and, and, and of the law that they had at that time? How, did he, how come they just fell away and they, they worshipped their idols and they did this and they did that? <clears throat> and so-and-so walked in the ways of their worldly desires. So-and-so walked in the ways with their complex that they actually could never let go. So-and-so walked in the ways of of their habits, of their negativity, of their murmuring, of their gossiping. Put it today. You know can't just look at the, at the scriptures, we've got to bring it out to our day. And what are we walking with? What would the books be told if we were if it was us in there? I'd say, Lord, I want to be like Enoch and Michael and Abraham, but Eli walked with God. Amen. You know, there's not a lot said about, e, about Enoch. Really, there's not that much said. Three verses, essentially, three areas of Scripture. But we know one thing. He walked with God and was not. Amen? And so this was a precious walk. This was not walking in the ways of, of his father and did evil. This was Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked and had communion. Enoch walked and had fellowship. It was not just a willy-nilly Little frivolous walk. It was something very, very specific. And if you go in time back in time, they walked a lot. They walked a lot, right? They, you know, and we actually don't benefit from that. I think of, of the road to Emmaus. They were walking to Emmaus. There was many miles ahead to go, and so they walked. And as they walked, they communed along the way, and they spoke of the things. And Jesus then started to go through the scriptures and tell them all the different prophecies of Himself. And so they were walking and fellowshiping. Not, yeah, I'll see you there, and boom into the car, 80 miles an hour this way, and oh, yeah, you need this, do that, whatever, your job, whoop, into the car, boom gone that way, back to home, back to school, back to work, up to here. No, there's no communing with nothing. There's no fellowship there at all. So they actually had time. (laughs) And that's why when you go back and Enoch walked with God, he didn't have all these things that we're dealing with in that sense, per se. And so there was time to talk, time to confide. Time to, to to share passions and desires, time to share hurts, time to give strength and nurture a relationship. Because when you're walking with somebody, you're in this close proximity. You're right together with them. And you can talk together, you can laugh, and you can share your heart and your attention. It's focused on this person as you walk along the way. Amen. And so you notice there's a beauty around walking. And you share things together and you 're in harmony, and you both enjoy really just a, a a moment together and so the longer you walk, the longer the deeper you can go into maybe some conversations some require ser- conversa- walks require some conversations require longer walks I should say but I wonder how our walks are you know when you when you have a, when you 're walking with somebody, it would be really really uh you know, if I was walking, Joe, come, come and, come, let's talk together. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> if we were walking together and we were having a good time and we were just pondering along the way, how was your day today? Good. <laughs> I she, we should do this a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened at work today? Uh, oh, excuse me. Hey, how was your day today? Awesome. Sorry, it, it was a great day today? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just I just wanted to connect with Cecilia there, see how her day was. Sorry, what were you saying?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm a plumber.
4: Just, You're a plumber. At Have you done your IP yet? yet? Not yet. No, no, no. Sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? Yeah, we're going to school in September. Oh, sorry. You, for what exactly? Plumbing. Yeah. Plumbing. Oh, right. I think you said that. Yeah. Right. Right. Sorry, my, I got distracted there for a second. Mm-hmm. How was our walk going? It's pathetic. but that's really what we do. Actually, naturally, <laughs> what we just enacted pretty much happens probably every day of the week. And if you even get that chance to walk, but what if that was our walk? Is that our walk with God? Right? Hey, you know, Lord, how you, you know, let me just get on my knees and pray. And Oh, oh something buzzes, something bings, something dings. And Oh, excuse me. Oh, I got to get that. Or, Oh, you know what? I just get, I'll get five minutes and we'll sit down and I'll just read my Bible. And Oh, man, i got to get to this and oh, close the Bible. And it's this. It's not a walk with God. Thanks, Joe. Amen? Distractions. No good. In our attempt, we really walk with God and attempt to walk with Him in that way. And I can tell you right now, it's going to hinder your relationship. And you're not going to achieve the walk with God that Enoch had. When you're walking with God like that. You know the thing is. You pretend everything's fine. It's all good. And it's
5: not. It's not good. And the relationship really is actually not even satisfying.
4: Really when you get really down to it. It's not a satisfying relationship. You're really just checking some boxes. And God is. He's not satisfied neither. But he's a gentleman. But LeBron would say, and so he'll take second, third, fourth, fifth place. But it is not a satisfying relationship with him. And Enoch walked with God and was not. Enoch was not because he had a walk with God. If Enoch had the walk that we just went through, Enoch would not not be not. If you want to get that. So Enoch's walk, it wasn't a quiet one. It wasn't, it wasn't along the way and, and distracted by the things Enoch communed with God. It was more than just a conversational. Enoch had a relationship with the Lord it, and it pleased the God. He had a testimony that pleased God. And that's what the next part of it. For before his translation in Hebrews, it says he had a tad, this testimony that he pleased God. The next verse, because he goes, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we would say that Enoch had a walk of faith with God. Because he had to if to please God, he had to have faith. So therefore his walk was a walk full of faith in God. Amen. Can we bring that together? And so Enoch walked by faith. But Branham says, it's strange that the man who was made in the image and the likeness of God and was called of him to walk by faith, believing that God is, would choose to walk by sight instead of faith. Man was made in the image of God, to be like God. And here, Brother Branham is saying, my goodness, it's a strange thing. Who would choose? Man would choose to walk by sight instead of faith after his makeup, his being and all that dwells in him was fashioned in the likeness of God. I'll just skip up. He says he wants no one. He says, here, man, he goes, He man wants no one to tell him what to do. That's just the nature of man. It proves to be thus in the garden when he had lost his fellowship with God by choosing to go, go his own way and not have anyone rule over him. Man, when he chooses, as the days go on, we find continually getting worse, choosing rather by sight to walk by sight than faith by the unseen. And when he does that, he robs the inner man, which is his soul. Who likes being robbed? Who has been robbed? Very few of you. Those that have been robbed. Man, it's actually, you feel defiled. Someone has, has taken something that was precious to you. They stepped into your world, into your safety, into your safe place. And they stripped you of something that you didn't know about. And you've been robbed. And it's not a good feeling. It's terrible. But you're robbing yourself. Robbing But Abraham says, robbing the inner man, which is the soul, when you choose to walk by sight and not by faith. And therefore, you're actually being robbed of the fellowship with God by walking by just your eyes. He said it's strange. He tries to figure his own way out. We find it so in scriptures. And when man chooses to walk on his own and do the way he wants to, God just lets him alone. And there's no fellowship. And so therefore Enoch was walking not by sight. Because he had fellowship with God. Enoch was walking clearly by faith. And faith alone. Amen. Alright. And so Enoch at the beginning. It's right here at the beginning you know. Right here uh, just a couple of chapters in chapter 5. Right here at the beginning of the scriptures. Here's where it is for me Enoch. Walked with God. And was not. He gave us a pattern right here, right here. Let us walk with God. We know over here that it pleased God. Here he gave us the pattern. Walk with him. Let's commune with him. Let's have fellowship with him because Enoch, our type, was not. Well, you say, well, maybe it's hard to do in this day. You know, look at look at different, I got so many obstacles, so many problems, so many difficulties, and all of these different things, and I, it's hard to get my sight, you know, to, to, to get away from the sight. Well, you know, a lot of times our challenges are relative to our world. Right, Scripture. God gave us Scripture, which is eternal, and we can go into it time and time and time again, and it's going to help us time and time and time again, because many went through obstacles, many went through circumstances, many went through difficulties, and it's there to show us that they went through something, so can you. And so that's why we often go back, always go back to the Word, because that's where we're going to get our source of strength. I could give you some circumstance or something that maybe someone did, but it would last for a little bit, but it doesn't have the impact of when you can point back to the Word and say, well, this person went through this difficulty and this is how he got through it. So surely if we go through our problem or our difficulty or our complex, we can get through it by the same method. Amen. That's why we have the word of God. That's why God gave it to us. And so we can go back into different situations or different accounts that people went through. And I was looking through different ones. Very, very simple message tonight that uh, I, I, I leave. The, I'm not the deep preacher as the other one, other preachers. So I'm just going to go through different areas and say, well, we've heard a lot about these areas before. Well, maybe some Something will sink deep tonight. Maybe you'll tighten up your walk a little bit. Maybe it'll be a little bit more more precious, a little bit more, more intimate walk with God, or you're going through your situation. You say, well, if he did it, so can I. Amen? Amen? And so here we can, here if we look back into scripture, we look at c- comparing maybe Saul and David. Brother Branham, he says, Saul, when he was sitting there, and well, Brother Branham just called him yellow as a pumpkin. That's what it was. He was looking at some difficulties. Saul had some problems. Saul had some hardship in front of him. He saw defeat. He saw a giant. He saw his demise. He saw Israel ruined. He saw slavery. He saw all these negative aspects in his world, okay? And he would Brown just straight up, called him yellow as a pumpkin. He said, Saul was so well-trained. He said, Saul is many people today, many church members, well-trained in theology, doctors of divinity, but has never had an experience of putting faith to a real challenge. Oh, my. If I could just sit there for a second. So, Lord, help us. Not to be well-trained, well-versed in just reading the message, well-versed in just reading the Bible, and just be like, well, I know it. I know it all. Saul knew it all. He was, he was a head and shoulders above everybody. He was well-trained, both in as Brother says in theology. He was well-trained physically. But Brother Bram says, never had an experience of putting faith to a real challenge. And he goes, there's many fine trained ministers today in the pulpits and out in the schools, great doctors, so forth. Well trained, better trained than the many of the men who's making challenges like Goliath. But they've never had an experience to see the real, true God move. They only know it from the way of training. God help us. I don't want just no training. Just sitting there in the training circle and be like, well, here's your wooden sword. Go at it and, and fight it back and forth. Click, 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 clack. Well, that's a good move. But never actually had an experience where God had to move and they had to put faith to the test. Because you need well experience. You want to have experienced soldiers on the front line when you're going through a real battle. Saul, he said he trained men. He was a bishop but around saying he knew what he was doing but yet with all his schooling and all his training he was a coward because he believed God but he had never seen God in action an experience never seen God in action oh god that's my burden here tonight that we would see God in action. That's why I'm just so thrilled to see God moving amongst the people. Because we want to see God in action. I just don't want to be in a training ground. Some hypothetical. Well, God moved 60 years ago. Imagine that. Well, What was that like? I, I don't know. what that. No, we want God to move now today. So that we have an experience. So our faith is experienced. And dealing with the enemy. And it's not just oh some wooden sword fight. And then when the devil does come. You don't even know how to deal with him. Well, I've never really dealt with this before. God help us to go beyond the training. And when He does come, we're not a coward like Saul. That's the reason you can't have great meetings in America on divine healing. It's lack of experience. People don't know what God is. They just take him from some kind of historical something. Brother Brown said he's a present-day God. Who can confess that he's a present-day God? Amen. Amen. Amen, Brother brother Luis and Sister Grace. He's a present-day God. Amen? Amen. Right, Anthony? He's a present-day God. Brother Johnny? He's a present-day God. You need to know he's a present-day God. Because Goliath's going to shout his boast at you. And if you're not even knowing or even experiencing a present-day God, you're in the training ground. And I'll tell you right now, you might have a cowardly approach. God, help us experience. Dig in. Dig in when God's moving. Enter into what he's doing. Don't just sit back because you're just sitting in a training area. But when God is on the scene and his spirit is moving amongst the people, say, God, touch me. Deal with me. Move in my life. I I want an experience with you so that I can fight the battle. Amen. We just don't want well-trained. We want battle experience. Yes, you can. Amen, but EBA. David, he didn't see a giant. David saw victory. David was battle trained, battle ready, battle experienced. Amen. I don't really even care how young you are. David was a puny, ruddy. I don't really care your age. But he didn't even flinch. Didn't even flinch. Come on, here is Saul. Saul was trained, well-trained, head and shoulders above everybody, and he's sitting in his tent, yellow as a pumpkin, rattling his knees because he's got a glass out there saying, come out here. And Saul should have been out there. But here comes somebody who's walked by faith and not by sight. And this was now normal for him. He'd already dealt with a bear. He'd already dealt with a lion. You know the story. But this was natural for David. He was walking into the scene and it, oh, there's a, there's a giant there. He's defying the armies of the living God. He was naturally supernatural because he was walking by faith. Amen? I say may faith stir tonight. You've seen it before. You've seen God move before. You've seen him deal with a lion in your life. You've seen him deal with a bear in your life. Walk into your situation. Look at the challenge ahead of you and look at it like David did. Well, if he did it before, we'll tackle it again. I don't really care how big he is. My God delivered me there. He'll do it again. I'm battle worn, battle experienced, and I'm going in my faith. Amen. David said, sir, let me go. (laughs) Man, that would have smote Saul. Think about that. Here he's got some little kid saying, well, I'll go after him. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't even know how he reconciled that. He tried. He made an effort. Well, take my armor. Come on. He knowed that God had promised to bless Israel. When God promises, he'll stick with his promise. God promised to heal his children. He's got to stay with that promise. God promised to send the Holy Ghost. He's got to stay with the promise. He said, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Let the fire fall. Let the Lord Jesus just pour over this little sanctuary. Don't be scared of it, saints. He says, no matter what the other world says, what the neighbor says, what, what did God say? Mmm. Amen, EBA don't be scared. What did God say? He says, I am thy healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the healer of all thy disease. Amen. These works shall you do. I'm not scared. I'm not scared to defy the enemy myself. I'm not scared to stand in front of a Goliath. Amen. EBA. Don't you be scared. You continually stand up there and say, glory to God. I can see. Amen. And put it in the face of the enemy. He does his own boastings. He does his own telling you what you can't do. Telling you who, how bad you are and how much doubt you're never gonna make it. You're not gonna go on a rapture. You're barely a Christian. You can't even pray. Give it back to him. Amen. There was something moving inside. David, that he had the mechanics inside of him. He knew the word. My goodness, look at how many psalms he wrote. He just lived in it. He knew the law. He knew he got what, what was quickened at that day. David knew it. The mechanics were there. But at a moment in time, now the dynamics stepped in. And then when those two came together, a collision happened. Amen. Something happened. But Abraham says, my goodness, he says, a few years ago in the churches, full gospel churches said the days of miracles about sewed up. But somebody stepped out one day. Now we've got all, we, now we've all took courage. We fought the enemy to the wall. Cut and slicing. Amen. He said, mm, I love this. I underlined it. I did asterisks. I did whatever I could around it. He said, it's time for David to act again. Yeah. Amen. It's time for David to act again. That's you and that's I. Amen. He says, we've been cutting and slicing. They say, all the days of miracles has passed. It's all been sewed up. There's no such thing anymore. God don't heal. God don't do this. God don't pour out his spirit upon all people. No, 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 no. He says, no, we've been cutting and slicing. But it's time again for David to rise up and start acting again. What is that? Putting your Goliath under your foot and saying, "Mm mm-mm, devil. The mechanics, the word is inside of me. And because of that, the Holy Spirit is now falling on this people, this bride. And therefore, now the giant will fall. Amen. He said it's time for David to act again. A man with faith. It's Enoch time. Time to walk in faith time. And conquer time. Well, I said, Lord, help us step out from our daily little business, our daily little life, and let's answer the challenge. Let's answer the challenge now and walk purely in faith. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, let's walk in faith now. David seeing victory ahead. Through the blood of Jesus, victory ahead. Amen. My goodness. It took some courage to walk up to a giant. It took some courage. It's going to take you some courage to walk up to your enemy and face him like a David did. All right. Come on, saints. Put yourself there. I know we've seen, you might have seen the little videos or something on David. And they, oh yeah, David, we know the end of the story. But David, by faith, knew the end of the story. But he had to live it out. you got to live it out. you got to stay. You got to stand there and take it on. He had to dig in his little pouch. Oh, and there's Goliath speaking out. His, oh, I'm going to feed you to the dogs, to the birds. I'm going to put you on my spear. He was issuing out threats. Come on. He's issuing out threats. David there calmly taking out his little script bag. You can tell me the heart wasn't pumping a little bit. The heart was pumping a little bit. Oh, my. He's got a little sling in there. He's getting all ready to go. And then he starts to swing it. Once he got that set, then he started in comfortability because he'd been here before now. And man, He'd been here before. All, this, all the nerves started to settle down. Say, I've been here before. Oh no, I got the word now in front of me. I've been here before and you start to read the scripture. You start giving the devil the word of God. Say, I've been here before and he starts to swing Alright, I got this one. I got it. I got it. There was a bear in front of me one time. I took him by the beard. I got a lion in front of me one time. He, started, he started to swing that little sling. It was comfortable to him. It was comfortable to put F.A. I T H into his little bag. It was comfortable for him to say, Oh, it's Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today and forever. J E S E West in his little strip bag. It was comfortable. It better be comfortable for you. When Glyde comes knocking at your door, you say, I've been here before. I'm coming after you. <laughs> Glory. Glyde had no clue what he was up against. Poor fellow. <laughs> Unfortunately, he died. And that is the same for our enemy. He'll die. Isn't it nice when you know the end of the story? <laughs> well, my goodness. Isn't that beautiful for us? We know the end of the book. We know the end. They didn't know the end of the story right then. They didn't know that. We do. That should give you extra abundant strength, and courage. Now he said, well... I don't really have an obstacle like Goliath in front of me. But, you know, my eyes are on different things. Maybe certain pleasures or desires are different things. These are the tough areas of my life. Well, look at Abraham and Lot. There was Lot. But Abraham says he was looking. He's looking to the immediate pleasures around him. The immediate earthly desire. You know, I was thinking, Lot, my goodness. Here he was striving with Abraham... All their flocks were work, you know, striving together and couldn't find place. And Why didn't he just submit? This is Abraham. This is the leader, the patriarch. Say, you know, if, hey, Uncle Abraham, whatever you say, you just tell me what to do. If you need me to go here, I'll go there. If I should go here, yeah, I'll just, whatever your wisdom is, I'll, I'll do that. No. No, I think I'm going to go down and. And, uh, well, there's some good place right down in the thick of, of, of Satan's Eden. I think that's the best place for me. I'm going to go put my flocks down there, but saints, that is not your portion don't be looking and say, well, it's easier this way. Or, or looking down in the in, say, in, in, in the midst of this world, getting comfortable with the things of this day and age. Well, it's okay. I'll just kind of, you know, live around it or so. No. Separation is what actually was needing to happen. And Lot should have stayed with Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. He says, oh my. Well, Abraham, you're just too old-fashioned. You know, you're just not with the times. You know, you're not really even culturally correct correct anymore. So much has changed. You know, Sodom's got a lot of nice things. And so I think I'm going to head down there. Maybe it's time we separate. But Abraham says, Lot didn't see the destruction of his children in that place. Families. Lot didn't see the destruction of his children in that place. And if I skip ahead, which just briefly, Lot got out. By the skin of his teeth. But his family didn't. And so you watch. As you allow Sodom. Into your home. And you get a little too close. To the things of this world. You might get out by the skin of your teeth. But your children. Will not. Many of you today holding around these cold, old formal creeds and things, you don't see the juvenile delinquency and the destruction of your children. You don't see your daughter in a prostitute house. You don't see a son, a drunkard, or at a card table somewhere. That's your prophet. How many? How many that have turned from the gospel? How many that have turned from this message that have seen destruction and heartache all through their homes because they got... Eyes off of where they should have been, and they walk now too close and right into Sodom itself. Slippery slope. I bet you Lot just figured out, you know what? I'm just going to go into the fields outside of Sodom. Those were the places that looked good. Somehow Lot ended up inside of Sodom when the angels went to get him. How did he just go from the fields out in the and the, the farmland or whatever around it to inside of it? Because it's a slippery slope, saints. Because the devil just wants to get you down that way. If I can just get you a little closer, then I'll just start to woo you in. It gets really tough because he starts to just entangle you. Stay separate. Abraham, maybe a little bit foreigner up in the hill and not the best, you know, all, all you know, the niceties of the world, so to say. But he was safe. Oh, because she's well watered. But Abraham says, and sin is not touched. He didn't see his wife. The head of all the societies turned to a pillar of salt. When he was looking, he didn't see him escaping only by the edge of his teeth to a little city somewhere. He didn't see that because he only looked at what he saw in front of him. Lot was walking by sight. Abraham was walking by faith. Amen. Abraham walked by faith. Anah, Abraham was Enoch caliber. Amen. He walked with God. And God told Abraham, he said, pick everything up, Abraham. Head on out. He said, there's a city whose builder and maker is God. And he, Abraham picked that all up and started heading out. You all know the story. These are all scriptures you know. He packed up everything he had and started looking for that city. I'm looking for a city where I'll never die. Amen. That's what he started singing. They thought, you're crazy. You're insane. You're leaving everything behind. Absolutely. Because there's some place where I'll never die. Oh my goodness, I'm looking for it. And so he kept his eyes, regardless of all the situations of Lot and all this, he kept looking by faith for something that God had shown him. But he said, Abraham didn't notice the well-watered land. For he lifted up his eyes and saw tomorrow that he would inherit all things. My, the real Christian today lifts up his eyes and sees the promise of Christ. Amen. Blessed are the meek, he says, who shall inherit all things. They shall inherit the earth. The real Christian by faith looks up and sees that. Call him what you want to. He lifted up his eyes and when he did that, God said, Abraham, walk through the land. She's all yours. Yeah. Amen. He didn't get stuck with just what, what his eyes, what tantalized him of the day. He said, no, there's something better. God's promised me something better. He's promised me that I'd inherit it all. So I'm just going to look to that prize. You know, 25 years later, Brother Bram says, after he saw, after the promise of the son had been promised, for 25 years he received the son after that. And through him opened the gate to that city for Abraham and all his children. And I was thinking, my, we know, that I won't go into the, into the, into that aspect. Abraham was staggered not at the promise. Amen. But he, but, Brother Bram says, after that time, through the promised son, through him opened the gate to the city for Abraham and all his children. Abraham actually in this terra firma world actually didn't inherit that city. He's looking for a city whose builder maker was God. Right? Well, he sojourned in a strange land. Hey Abraham, where's that city you were looking for? You're looking like you're in a tent still. Abraham died. My, you're quiet. (laughs) Every born again child tonight comes through Abraham's blessing. For it's the promises given to Abraham and every child of God that receives the Holy Spirit, his pulsation is the same. I'm looking for a city. I'm looking for a city. You're looking for a city. He says, it's not Los Angeles. It isn't New York. It isn't New Louisville. It's heaven. Amen. It's heaven. He said, and we confess we're peculiar people as Abraham confessed. He's a peculiar people, a stranger in a strange land. And he kept confessing that I'm looking for a place. He met, he met the King of Salem. He knew this place is real. I communed with the King. I paid tithes to him. He knew God had revealed it to him. God revealed it to you. It's a real place, saints. It's a real place. It ain't in Vancouver. It ain't in California. It's heavenly places. It's heaven itself. But Abraham didn't actually get there. He left Ur and was walking in a strange land and actually didn't make it in this world. And my goodness, didn't he get scorned? But his faith never wavered. He says, but something on the control tower says it's there. This is walking by faith, saints. This is walking with God. Because he said something says it's there and he says every redemptive blessing between here and there God promised to give it to us and we're walking we're pilgrims I don't care what say so care what so and so says I know something in me tells me it's real and Abraham says I don't care what you want to say to me it's real I know there's a city whose builder and maker is God and so he walked by faith he says just start walking looking praising confessing sure okay says the king of kings is the one pronounced it but there was a day there was a day when faith became sight there was a day when faith and I read the quote I said oh my goodness the token applies whether on this side or on that side but Abraham says my he goes in Christ walk to the door of paradise and he knocked on the door And here he goes, open up, he knocks lightly, and Father Abraham opens up the door, and he stood there, spellbound, and he says, Sarah, come here just a moment, he's got Christ at the door of paradise, he's spellbound, who am I looking at, he says, Sarah, come here just a moment, isn't that the one, isn't that the one that, that you baked cakes for? Isn't that the one that sat under the oak tree? He's standing at the door. Christ is there, saying, "Hey, open up." He says, "Wait, Sarah, come here a moment." Sarah said, "Ma, that's the one that that had his back turned to the tent and perceived my thought, and I laughed at what he said. Are you sure? Oh, I can't mistake it. Are you that? I know it's etched in my mind. That he was exactly at the door right now. He said, "Children." I've come to take you now. I've conquered that horrible thing called sin. Amen. And there he took. He said he cut the fogs of hell from place to place. Oh, I love this. He cut a hole. Jesus Christ cut a hole through the sky that Adam's lost children could pray through to victory. There is nobody that can speak like the prophet. There Jesus Christ cut through the fog of sin. Cut a hole in the fog. So that Adam's children could actually pray through to the victory. Glory. Glory. That's what was happening there. At Calvary on a resurrection. Now he says, oh my. He says, and then he conquered the atmospheres. He conquered sin. Death conquered hell. And then on beyond the moon and the stars. Went with the Old Testament saints. Oh, what a victorious march. He said, wait for it now. After a while, they came in sight of that glorious city. Abraham's faith was anchored in this world and into the next. And here's what he said. He said, oh my goodness. He says, he came inside. He says, Abraham says to Sarah, hey, hey, come here, honey. And she goes and gets Isaac and he comes along and Isaac gets Jacob and Jacob gets Joseph. And he says, hey, that's the city that daddy saw whose builder and maker is God. I walked about on earth looking for a city to come whose builder and maker was God. And I'm coming near the gates now. Amen. Anchor your faith like Abraham. Whether on this side, parents, the token still applies, whether here or there. Abraham walked by faith, and he was looking for a city. And he might not have seen it in terra firma, but there as he was getting yanked from paradise and going to King Jesus, he says, there it is. Everything I was believing for, I'm making it now. Amen. Amen. It might be on the other side, but the token will never die. It must come to pass. Amen. Moses walked by faith. My goodness, I imagine the moments that he had to go through
5: when he looked down there at the mud daubers and the slaves
4: and the whips and the cruelty. And he knew, he knew he had been put on earth for a purpose. And he had to choose
5: Pharaoh's son or a
4: slave. Mm. Sitting in the lap of luxury, everything you could imagine at his fingertips or Whips and bondage. Barely anything to eat in the mud
5: pits of Egypt. Hmm. But Ram says, how many young men would have jumped at the opportunity that Moses had to enjoy
4: all the pleasures and the glamour of the world? To become the king of Egypt, which would have been the biggest, most powerful kingdom of the time. And have the whole world at his feet. What a foolish thing the young man of his day would have thought when Moses took his place with the afflicted and the suffering people of God. He says, why did he do it? By faith. By faith. He looked up beyond the glamour. He looked up beyond the pleasures. And the Bible said the endured that he endured as seeing him who was invisible by faith. And he made a choice to serve God rather than what took place. My, what a scourge he would have been in Egypt's mind and all the high ups of that realm, as he now chose to defend and run, away. went through all the. De- we won't go into the details because of time. But Abraham says, though he ran all his theological training and his understanding by his mother, so now he had mechanics. Moses had been taught, "You're deliver. God sent you. This is what the angel said to me, and we did this, and I put you in a basket. God delivered you here. He kept you safe here. And he said, the understanding. He had his theological training, understanding by his mother of the word itself of how he was to deliver the children of Israel. But when he tried it in his way, he failed. So he had all the word. He had been trained. He knew who he was. He, he, he had all those pieces, as Brother Abraham says, all that training and understanding by his mother of the word itself. And then when he tried his own way, it didn't work out. So there's the mechanic aspect. Alone ain't going to work. And what he would do, and what God had raised him for, and all this knowledge, as good as it is, and it's good. But yet, it had to be set off. That was only mechanics. But Abraham says, But when he met the pillar of fire, when Moses came in contact with that heavenly realm, when he met... The Holy Spirit. His walk began to change. Amen. Now it wasn't just mechanics. But now the word that was inside. That was deposited inside of him. Now a seed that was laying there. Mechanics ready. It was ready for something. It was ready for now some action. It was ready to collide with the pillar of fire. That now the dynamics could enter. And now this was a different story. Moses now was going to come down. Because something was activated. The seed inside of him. The mechanics that were there to be ready. Was now on fire. Something clicked and now he was ready Because something now was on fire Inside of him My goodness and plague after plague Came and unleashed a fury On Egypt and God's power On display my goodness Even in the midst of all of that even in the midst of defeat Here's satan even trying to negotiate you know no, just don't take your take your uh, you know don't take your cattle and don't do this but you going to go here and worship but make sure you come back and all of that my goodness and, and here here satan trying to negotiate that but here god was on display because now the mechanics had come in contact with the dynamics amen and that's now here he was i was just pondering this thought here as, as moses and, and the plague started to happen but Branham says here he says and you know I'll skip that. Moses, as, as the plagues unleashed at midnight... The death angel now had passed, and they had seen all God moving around them, and all of God's fury to deliver them. And here at midnight, Pharaoh just says, "Get out of here! I'm done with it." And I just was thinking, "My goodness, here they were, right on the edge of deliverance." How then through the Passover time that would have been a very somber time. It would have been a very, very sobering time. But here as they creep through, now they started. Hey, the death angel's passed us. We're safe. The token worked, the blood applied, our children are safe, our sons are, and so now this started to turn a little bit as they started pressing right against deliverance, right against the, the edge of freedom. And I can imagine they were just pressing themselves and things started to change. We're actually getting out of here. We're actually, we're actually going to make it. This actually worked. God is delivering us. And here they were pressing themselves right up against essentially not a, not a rapture out of Egypt, so to say. A deliverance out of the land of Egypt. And so they had walked by faith in the word of Moses. They didn't get their eyes off the message. And now they started to take their first steps out of Egypt. My, they packed and they plundered and then they parted. My goodness, can you imagine that moment? Right at that time when all that now is behind. But because they had kept their eyes, their eyes of faith on the word that Moses had brought... All was safe. The token worked. And now they're pressing up against that veil. Or pressing up against that, 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 the veil of freedom. And just getting ready to stop, step through. And into all freedom and liberty. Amen. Oh my. Put yourself there. After how many hundred years of being whipped? Generations. Generations. I'm going to have to motor through this next part. Mercy. Here was Moses striding out of Egypt. The Holy Spirit anointing the word that was in Moses, fulfilling exactly what God had accomplished. Amen. Recognizing that the word and spirit is life, Scripture says. And then when that happens, it's just natural. When that it was it, Moses, when it was just mechanics and he tried to do his own, it, 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 nothing supernatural couldn't happen. It was impossible with just mechanics for the supernatural to take place. But when Moses came in contact with the pillar of fire, when he came in contact with Jesus Christ, something changed. And when he stepped into action, now it was natural for him to be in the supernatural. Amen. now things just started to roll and happen and t- turn those into into uh, into blood and, and flies and frogs and, and and boils and this and that. Because Moses had been has been combined mechanics and dynamics had now entered and now supernatural was on the move. Amen. Moses was not surprised. He wasn't surprised. Whoa. What just took place? It didn't surprise him that a supernatural was happening. It didn't surprise Abraham that the supernatural. Oh, the baby! Oh my goodness, it just arrived. No, he'd waited for 25 years. He staggered not for 20. It didn't surprise him. I'm pregnant. Oh, you bet you are. Of course you are. He said you're gonna be pregnant. What are you thinking? You should. I should be surprised or something. Get the booties ready. It was natural. For the supernatural. Because something had happened. The word had placed its seed inside of him. God and had come by his way. And the dynamics now came on the scene. And life happened. Yeah. David wasn't surprised going back there. He wasn't surprised. That Goliath died. <laughs> Out goes Goliath. Oh my goodness. I'm such a good aim. No. No, this was natural for him. God had did it before. It's, it was natural. Absolutely glad you're going down. I know you are. Because dynamics and mechanics had come together and the supernatural took place. And that's exactly where Enoch was. As he walked with God. He walked with God for several hundred years. And he walked so close. So close. <laughs> That it was natural
5: for something to happen. It was natural. And so now here he
4: was. And I can imagine. Hey, hey, Enoch lived in a bad part of the world. Okay? The flood was coming. It wasn't unicorns and rainbows. It was Sodom. It was bad. Enoch, so Enoch lived in a time and day like you and me. And he walked with God. But his eyes were on God. And I can imagine the fellowship became so sweet as these last days as he started to fellowship with God. And I just wonder what the conversations were as Enoch talked with the Lord. and He walked with him and fellowshiped and maybe the conversation turned. Maybe the Lord was just revealing to him the, the wonders and the beauties of the other side. He just explained to him, oh, it's glorious, Enoch. Just wait till you get here. And he starts describing the, the gates and he starts describing what he is, what, what, what the, what the land is like. all pure peace that passes all understanding. They're just talking about, oh God, that sounds so beautiful. Tell me more about that. Tell me more. And they started just to talk. I'm sure that fellowship was just so sweet and it would just continue in that vein, I'm sure over the, over the days. But, and Enoch's expectation was just so heightened. Just so heightened. Oh my Lord. I, I'm just yearning to be there. And he was in, in the, his, uh, now he, the mechanics, the word was there, but now something took place. The word had been laid inside of Enoch, but now his expectation was so that in those last little bits of time, he started just bumping right against eternity. It must have felt like he's just right there. Oh God, I feel just so close. I feel like if I just Step, I'm going to be in another place. I feel like that was kind of where I was in these last weeks of services where I could just, I'm just bumping against eternity. Oh God, I just feel like if I could just take another step, I would be in your, in your, in your glory. What's holding us back? And Enoch was just, just poking against that, that veil of time, that, that veil that held him back from the realm of the supernatural. But then something happened. His natural step that he walked with God suddenly was not
5: because something dynamic entered in and he was translated
4: and you wonder how how was this rapture going to happen it was a natural thing for Enoch to step into eternity because I walked with God and I was communing with him and then suddenly one day oh oh my goodness I'm in another place. That place that it was all around me, that I communed with God. I'm there now. Yes, Enoch, you're here. You ain't st- you ain't backstepping. We only forward step. You ain't going back. You're just gonna stay with me. You ain't going back no more. You don't have to go in that troubled place no more. Oh God. Can you imagine what Enoch was doing? He was dancing on the streets of glory. Amen. That is your and I's type. Rapture. Because there is a bride. We don't have time. We'll have to just skip. There is a bride that has been given the word for this day. Martin Luther had word for his day. And the dynamics and the mechanics brought forth a certain aspect. And Wesley had word for his day. And when the mechanics were there, laid in those seeds, and the, and, the, and, the, and the Holy Ghost anointed that, something transpired. There's justification, there's sanctification. But there is a word for this day. There is an Enoch people that walk with God. And it's just so natural because they have taken the word and they have fed on it. They have put it inside of them. They have been preparing the So that when the dynamics fall for that moment, it is just so natural for you and I to be supernatural and translate in heavenly places. And rapture will happen just so like that. Enoch is our type. Amen. Musicians, why don't you come? That's where I feel we are, saints. Another Enoch moment. A bride moment. But Brown says, God has already raised us up, potentially. The quickening power that raised us from life of sin and changed our being, it has potentially raised us up in Christ Jesus, which the resurrection will bring us forth into full maturity. Amen. Amen. Just dig into that quote. Ponder that one a little while. I'm already potentially resurrected. And the resurrection will bring us forth in full maturity. Amen. And Abraham says, my, which you've heard this many times. There was a first sheaf come up uh, from all the prophets, which was the son of God, the king of all prophets. And we know the quote. Churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, brides. He says, but there's got one to come. Hallelujah. There has to come a real bride. There must come one that's not just got mechanics. Not just mechanics as we were, saw with Moses, it don't work, but the dynamics of it makes that church live. Amen. Move in the power of his resurrection until we come to a place, till we find that place. What good does it do to polish hubcaps? That's what Brother Brenham says. What good does it do just to polish the word is what he essentially is saying because that's mechanics and not have any power to bring the word to life.
5: I said, Lord Jesus, May the dynamics fall
4: in abundance. Amen. Amen. He says we put too much stress on the mechanics and nothing on the dynamic. This is Butter Branham. It needs the dynamic power of God, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ upon the church to manifest and bring past this. The word is gasoline. Amen. Follow that. It might be in a gasoline can. It could still be water. So you could say, well, I have the word, but you're really not following it. So it's like water. There ain't no power in it. He says, but the only proof of it is, is when you put the life in it. Oh, then you know. Oh, yeah. I follow this message. I believe the Bible. The word is inside of me. Okay. Now let the fire fall. Now let the spirit anoint the word. And now let's see the life come forth from it. Then we'll know. And when you try to put the Holy Spirit into domination, you, as much as trying, you can get a splutter and you'll ruin the engine. But, oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad there is 10,000 octane power. (laughs) No, it ain't no 87 or 91. Or 94. You're like, wow, I gotta pay $2.87 for 94 octane. Nuh-uh. He said it's 10,000 power octane, the word of God and a Holy Ghost to light it up and to resurrect the power into a man's life or a woman's life or into the church. Lord Jesus, may that octane power fall on this people. Amen. Do you know what, you know what octane does? I know. Me neither until I looked at it. You know, I'm not a I'm not a mechanic, so they can correct me after. But octane apparently controls the uh, I'm going to say the vit- volatility of the combustion. So you need certain levels of octane to allow the spark to trigger the combustion at the right time. So there's a spark plug, and it goes, and the cylinder pushes up the gas and the air mixture. And at the perfect time, the spark goes so that it goes boom, and the piston blows back down again. And you have this, these pistons going back and forth, giving you power. But if you don't have the right octane, it's the, the, the pressure in that cylinder is going to allow that, 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 that gas to fire at a wrong time. Okay, and so it gets kind of, it's going everywhere. It's out of order. It's ruining the engine. And so you need to have the right octane in the mixture of gas so that it can ignite the gas at the right time and give off the maximum amount of power. Amen. So in this day, In this day, mixed gas don't work. A little water in the gas don't work because it won't ignite. But in this day, as the pressure builds, there's got to be a perfect moment. There's a perfect time when the Word ignites. And so that's why there's a 10,000 octane in this Word of God. So that at this Laodicean time, at this pressured time, when the Word sparks, you and I walk like Enoch and are not... Amen. Because we have the right octane amount in this word for our day to blast us out of here. Amen. Right word, right time, right spirit, ignition, blast off. Amen. Amen. That's where we are, saints. Lord Jesus, may you ignite the words laying there. But, Lord, we want the power. Not saying he hasn't. But, Lord, I want more of Jesus. More and more and more. Amen. You know, I was just... Sorry, musicians. Sorry, people. I sat down. I just mentioned this a little bit. I got to sit I would sit down and I spent a little time with Brother Tim, Brother Ron, Brother Ed. We were sitting at a table there and different ones were around at different times. And we were just talking. <sighs> And we were talking about. The conversation turned to just moments when, when people, saints, were coming to a, a time of passing, and as they were coming close to the veil of time, how it started to blur, and there was just different accounts that were given. One of brother gave an account of a family member, I believe it was, and they were laying in the bed and they had been calling out. Calling out at different times, the family member says, "Why? Why is he calling out for?" And so one of the brothers said, "I'll go in there." And they said, "Who are you calling out for?" He says, "Oh, it's, They named the names, and it was his brother and his sister that had passed on, believers that had passed on, and they're calling for me to come. And, and there he says, "Well, you're looking at that other. You're looking in the other realm." Well, he says, "I know. Don't you see those two birds there, right beside you? Those two big white birds." Well, no, of course he didn't. But because his eyes were coming, somehow the Lord allows at these moments, these natural eyes are starting to fade in between this realm and that realm. And the ears start to turn a little bit as they start to see into that era and that realm and into this realm. And I thought, my. And we just started to talk a little bit more and different ones. And I got, we got a letter a little bit ago. I might just take a moment to read it. We had a, uh, a, little couple and a, ch- a child many years ago moved away up north, uh, north in BC. And just a little bit ago, they, the dad, they had a, their son passed away. I don't know all the details, but they, they left, he brought a note and gave it to Brother Murphy to give to Brother Tom. I'm just going to read it. He says, when Nate died, this is his son, I hear him talking. This is just a little hand scrolled note. He says, with someone, I hear the voice telling him to take a step forward. And when he did, it was into the n- light. As he did, he was looking at someone. And when he was looking at them, I hear three voices I know. It was Fossil, this is a brother that passed away, Mike Hunt, and Don Alexander, shouting, praising God and thanking him. And I hear women voices, but did not see them. And many clapping of hands, I asked, what is that? And I heard the words, it's curtain of time. This was just several months ago. I just thought, Lord, how close are we? Are we just bumping against the curtain of time right now? Are are, are we like Enoch and we're just one step away from that heavenly place? Are we we just days away from seeing our brother Frank again? Is that where we are? I said, Lord, may we be walking as Enoch for when that moment does come and the dynamic power of God comes in to anoint the word that is inside of his bride for that moment. That we will all cross over. Because Saints, we're just that close.
5: Amen. We're just bumping against that. And the supernatural
4: will be natural for you and I at that moment. Let's stand. Amen. I pray it's real to you. That realm is just becoming more and more real to me. It's 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 I don't even know how to express it. Especially when you just get different accounts like that and sitting and listening to different things, say, My, we're just right here. It is like Enoch. It was just another step and he was there. But Abraham even talks about him saying goodbye to his children and he knew, he said he was a prophet. He knew this was coming. And he said instead of taking the same pathway, he took the
5: king, he took the highway to heaven. Amen. That is your and I promise. Amen. I like to sing the hills of home are calling me. Amen. The holy hills of heaven call me. Are they calling you? They're calling me.
4: The mansion's bright across the sea. Where loved ones wait. This was in my, these were in my notes. And Brother Frank passing the day. I so said, my, they're really calling. It
5: is a cloud of witnesses. And we're waiting. Amen. Let's, those that know this song, let's just sing this together.
3: The holy hills
5: of
1: oh, a
4: by a lady who in the time when she wrote this song she was extremely extremely sick really almost at the point of potentially passing she stood at, I believe a window and the whole scene looking outside she said the whole scene just changed and she was looking at just just really paradise and then right beside her she said there was just these she said it was angels wings but it was so close she couldn't really see much other than just the fact that these wings were just brushing right beside her and she said, oh, I must be going home. And she had a voice that said, no, I'm coming to heal you. And so she came back to her room and she wrote these words. This house of flesh is but a prison. Bars of bone hold my soul. She had a glimpse of the other side. And here she was sick. And you you might be in your health and young men and young women and such... But the people that have gone through difficult times, maybe difficult aspects in their body, and they're just waiting as Butter Frank just to bust out of that wheelchair. His little frame of 96 or so, ain't that no longer. I can tell you, he's clicking some big heels. And hey man, he's, he's got perfect feet now. He didn't have all those issues that he had to deal with from the war and all the strife. Oh, he said, this house of flesh, he could have sang that just last Sunday. This house of flesh, it's but a prison. Bars of bone hold my soul, but the doors of clay, they're going to burst wide open. When the angels set my spirit free. Oh, if we could look in the glimpse of the other side. As the angels started to just usher Brother Frank and come into his room and say, Oh, Frank Fletcher, huh, it's your time now. Oh, glory. If he could have spoke out, I could tell you. There would have been some shouting on the hills of glory. When the angels set his spirit free. Because he took his flight. Like a mighty eagle. Amen. When the hills of home called him. Lord, that was his allotment. Somebody, somebody's has an allotment of no death. Somebody will do that. That's you and I, I believe, God tarries. We're going to fulfill that scripture. We're going to be an Enoch people of Enoch caliber that like Abraham and like David and like Moses with eyes of faith say, oh God, I'm looking past all these circumstances and I'm looking at the promise and I'm waiting for a city. Whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Indeed Lord the hills of home. The calling. The beckoning. Lord our hearts are yearning. For the other side. But Lord as our pastor said many years ago. He said rapture is not an escape. It's not an escape plan. Lord you have a purpose for your people here. Lord your timing is impeccable. And when you remove someone from the scene, it's because, Lord, you need them there now, not here. And they have fulfilled their purpose. They've done exactly what you desired them to do. It it is indeed, as many say, Lord, a promotion. Because they get moved on and they get brought into your presence, Lord. Because their time is done. Their work is over, Lord. Lord, here we are. We still have work to do. and Lord, you have a plan, Lord, for each one here. Lord, if time would tarry, Lord, our allotment would be, Lord, indeed rapture. But until then... Lord, give us the, the courage. Give us the strength to press on. Lord, that we could walk with you, not with a distracted walk, but, Lord, with a walk that is so close as Enoch, a fellowship and a communion. And, Lord, if there's just somebody here tonight, and the sound of, Lord, the, the, my voice tonight, their walk, Lord, is, is not where it should be. May, Lord, it's simply they could raise their hands or they could raise their, their heart, Lord, up tonight and say, Lord Jesus, I need a walk as Enoch. I need to walk as Moses, Lord, that could, Lord, forsake Egypt, Lord. Lord, a faith that Abraham had and didn't look left or right. Lord, I need that. Lord, would your Holy Spirit touch their soul. They could walk away from this little sanctuary completely changed. Because, Lord, it doesn't take fantastics and such. It could be just a moment that a soul is changed forevermore. So I pray, Lord, I commit the people. Lord, holding them a little extra, forgive me. May they go, Lord. May that realm, that dimension, just be a little bit closer as we've taken one little step, Lord, nearer to that side. We pray. I commit them into Your hands now. Dismiss us, Lord, in Your presence, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Walk as Enoch, and maybe tomorrow. Brother Brown says at one point between the hours of maybe six and nine, I think is what he says at one point. Maybe tomorrow morning. 6.30,
5: we all just take a step. That's, that's where I am. My goodness.
4: Amen. And we'll continue to rejoice just the same, just in a different place. Amen. You're dismissed. Maybe as we go we can just sing, Let Me Walk
5: with You, Jesus, as you're dismissed. Oh, let me walk with You, Jesus. Jesus.
1: Amen. Oh, on not